Hey, what's up there, Warrior? It is Jeff here from WarriorLife.com and the Warrior Life Academy. Welcome to podcast episode number 448. Now, you can live three weeks without food, three days without water, and three minutes without air, but you won't last three seconds without the will to survive. Now, those are the words of Joe Tetai in his best-selling book, Lone Operator, and I couldn't agree more. In my observation, too many people put too much confidence in their gear and this knowledge bank of information that they have, and they believe that when a life-threatening event or an attack happens, that they're just going to rise to the occasion and be able to keep themselves and their loved ones safe from harm. Now, I sincerely hope that that turns out that way, but I have seen with my own eyes, even the most hardcore soldier with all the best training and gear crumble in combat when the bullets started flying. Now, when you are called upon to be the protector that you and your family need you to be, it's going to be your mindset and your ability to take fast, decisive action that will be your most critical tools for staying alive. To be warrior ready, you need a warrior mindset. And in this week's show, I've asked Joe to join me to share his deeper insights into what it really takes to master this critical asset. And hey, don't worry about taking notes. You know I got your six. You can just grab our handy one-page cheat sheet for this week's episode and download it free in the Loot Locker section of our website. Plus, there's a whole lot of other tactical goodies waiting there for you too. And all you need to do is go to warriorlife.com loot and it's all yours, warrior. Now, let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Hey, everybody. Listen, uh, travel anywhere around the interwebs and you're going to see that the term warrior has about as many diverse definitions as the term mindset does, depending upon who you're asking, of course, but especially if you're tromping around in any of like the tactical and survival websites out there or any of the social media channels and things like that. So you throw those two terms together and we pretty much just exponentially multiplied the possibility of muddying the waters. If you are out there looking for solid information on how the everyday protectors in our community can develop their own warrior mindset to be more self-reliant and better self-protected. But that is exactly what we're going for on this week's show. Hey there, Warriors. Jeff Anderson here, Executive Director of Warlife.com and the Warrior Life Academy. And with me today to talk about how to take your own warrior mindset to the next level is Joe Tetai. Joe, welcome to the show, man. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it, brother. Definitely good to have you on here. Um, I've been a big fan of your book, and I've seen some of your stuff on online as well as on television. So I'm really excited to have you here, especially on this topic. And I'll explain more about that to everybody here in just a minute. But um, listen, everybody, if, if if Joe's name and face may be familiar to you, it is because um, he has been out there in the public eye now for quite a while. And I know I talk about like you don't have to be some badass special forces operator in order to to call yourself prepared. But it just so happens that Joe is a former Special Forces operator. So as a combat veteran of both the U.S. military and U.S. government Special Operations Unit, Joe has served as a Force Recon Marine, Army Green Beret, as well as highly classified operations and counterterrorism in the CIA's Special Activities Division, which is just something that just came out where it was declassified enough that he could talk about some of his experience there as well. Now, he has conducted and coordinated a broad range of covert special missions out there with elite military forces all around the world in several theaters. And he was also a member of the U.S. State Department Close Protection Team. 
Now, after Joe's military service, you may have seen him on the Discovery Channel's hit show, Dual Survival, where he co-starred for three seasons. And he taught others how to survive some of the most demanding and brutal environments on the planet. And Joe is also a published author, releasing his best-selling book, Lone Operator, How to Survive and Thrive in the Modern Age, which is an autobiography about his life and the hard lessons that he learned during his career in military and government special operations forces, but also how to apply them to real life. Now, he's also the founder of Spartan Americana LLC, which is a tactical training company that provides clients a unique opportunity to learn advanced skills based upon his special operations forces tenets and the principles that are going to help increase your knowledge, your mindset, and your self-reliance so that you can perform at optimal levels at all aspects of your life and manage crisis events as they occur. Now, for more information on Joe and his training, go ahead. Please visit him online over at yourintelreport.com. And this is something I subscribe to. Joe has a I don't think a lot of people know about this uh, service that he has. And I want to talk about it more, I think, um, as we go through this interview. But one of the things I think is really important for people that want to be more prepared is to understand like what's going on around you outside of what the media wants you to know. And Joe has a great service where he and some other people that he networks with really vet information out there and bring you real-time threats that are happening right now that can affect your way of life going on in the future. And um, go check them out at your Intel reports, um, your, your Intel report.com. Sorry. Uh, Joe, I'm super excited about this, man, especially on this topic. You know, I read a uh, loan operator and you have a whole section in there about warrior mindset. I mean, we're warrior life. So of course that fits right, right in. Right. But um, you said that mindset is the very first topic that you broach when you're teaching your survival classes. But right. it's also, I think, one topic that, you know, I think it's one of those things that most people just think they have, they already have that covered, right? They have the bumper sticker, right. they got the t-shirt, they're a warrior, <laughs> right? right. Um, <laughs> in your experience on teaching this topic, what do you think most people really don't get about having the right mindset to face a life or death scenario? You have some very... I love your holistic approach to the concept of warrior mindset. And I'm really curious why you added in the beginning to lay that foundation for the people you train with. And what do you think they don't get about what it actually means to have a warrior mindset? Yes, sir. That's a very, very good question. Um, I would say the number one thing is that, and, and this is going to catch a lot of people maybe like off guard or like, hmm, I don't quite get it, but it's a lifestyle. You can't say I've got a warrior mindset on Monday and then come Thursday, you've turned it off. It's like going to the gym. It's a lifestyle, right? You go to the gym. Uh, a warrior mindset is something that you, um, well, some people were born with it. I don't, I wasn't, I can tell you that right now. I wasn't, I wasn't born into a family, a military family. It was very regimented and disciplined. And this is something that I've had to craft and hone and sharpen year after year after year and it becomes a lifestyle it you it can't be how does my buddy say you can't be a little bit pregnant right you either have the mentality or you don't right um and i think people need to understand that if you want to craft and hone the warrior mindset which and we'll get into like that whole everybody thinks you have to be like a spec ops guy or a swat guy Look, you can be a stay-at-home mom, uh, you know, um, a doctor, a lawyer, whatever. It 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 doesn't 
it really doesn't apply to one person. It applies to anybody that wants to have that mindset in their life. And but I would say first and foremost, you have to make it a lifestyle. You you can't just do it on Monday and then skip Tuesday, Wednesday, and then do it Thursday. It, it doesn't work that way, right? It doesn't work that way. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Um, it's it's that's really what we that was our whole mission, really, is to try and give the everyday person that just wants to be better protected, more self-reliant, um, give them, you know, open up their eyes to what real threats are without the tinfoil hat, without the politics, right. without everything else, but give them practical steps to be able to do that also. And I think that, especially, I know you probably see this a lot, like when you're doing tactical training, especially guys, I think, I mean, like you just, you're the poster boy for like special operations. So people showing up, I think probably want to impress you a lot. And and uh, everybody shows up with the Gucci gear and they look all look right. all tactical and everything. But that's what I love about like your book and, and Lone Operator. You really talk about like real life dynamics, real things that that make you a better protector, not just here's how to jump over the hood of a Humvee right. and, you know, shoot a 50 caliber uh, sniper right. rifle between your legs while you're doing it. You know, it's <laughs> it's um that's what I love is you can make you make it accessible to the everyday warrior out there. That's really what we're looking for, like those everyday yes, warriors out there and making it a lifestyle. So I'm definitely looking forward to to tapping into some of those everyday things that people can do to be able to do that. So in your book, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, what you just said actually made my brain think real quick. So like one of the things with the warrior mindset, there's a few different things, but let me just give you like two um, things that I personally uh, when I think about it in my own training is the mental toughness, right? You can't be physically strong and mentally weak, right? There, there's a synergy there. So mental toughness, right? That's part of a warrior mindset, right? So what is mental toughness? Mental toughness to me is being comfortable with doing things that are uncomfortable. Um, for example, the last guy that I just coached, he said, Joe, what can I do personally? Like, look, I'm not going to join the Marines or the SF and all that stuff. He goes, what can I do on a daily basis or semi-daily basis to make myself mentally tough? And here's a very, very simple example that I do every other day. You know, you wake up in the morning and you take a nice hot shower. And well, you know what? Don't take a hot shower. Take a cold shower. Why? Because it sucks. It's uncomfortable. It's actually very good for you right? Ice water baths and stuff, but it's uncomfortable. So if you voluntarily say, I am going to take a cold shower instead of a, that is mental toughness in its purest form. Some people right now are going, huh? Yeah, it is. Try it. Wake up in the morning and instead of taking a nice hot shower, take a cold one. That is making you mentally tough because you're saying this is going to suck, but I'm going to do it anyway, right? That's a very, very small example. The other thing is just you know, um, being situationally aware, like how many people walk around today with their phone two inches away from their face? They don't see anything that's going around. That's part of the warrior mindset, knowing what is around you and not so much like, yeah, if I get in a situation, I'm just going to pound the crap out of you. You know what? How about avoidance? How about just not putting yourself in that situation? Is that a warrior mindset? Absolutely. It's not a coward. That's just somebody who's smart enough to avoid a potential problem, right? Is that part of a warrior mindset? Absolutely, 100%. And understand, 
a warrior mindset, I, I mentioned this earlier, you know, some people I believe have it in them as they grow up because they're in that family dynamic and that very strict regimen. They're, they're given it at a very early age. I wasn't, this was something that I, I'll be honest with you, Jeff, I didn't even have it in the Marine Corps. I didn't even understand what it was. I mean, they talk about warrior, but like the actual psychological aspects of what it means to have a warrior mindset. But here's, here's the biggie right here. Here's the biggie. It is establishing a winning mindset. And what I mean by that is establishing micro goals that are achievable and quantifiable every day or every week. So you're the, your thought process now is I'm winning. I accomplished something. I'm winning. I accomplished something, right? They're very small. You're not going, oh, here's a perfect example. I, I met a guy the other day. He just got back into the gym. He hadn't worked out in years. He weighs 190 pounds. Like, dude, I want to bench press 400 pounds in six months. It can happen. I said, why don't you concentrate on bench pressing your body weight first? Success. Add 10%. Success. Success. So your brain, those neural pathways is success, win, success, win, success, win, not success, success, fail, success, fail. You're, you're giving yourself tiny, tiny little micro goals. You're not trying to, another example, I just taught a uh, shooting class this past weekend. And um, one of the guys just started shooting pistol and he was doing some draws and I was timing him on a, on a uh, pro timer. And he was doing about two seconds for one shot out of the holster at seven yards. He's like, man, I want to get down to a second like you. And I'm like, why don't we get to one and three quarters first? You can't go from a two-second draw to a one-second draw. That's like telling somebody that runs a an eight-minute mile to run a four-minute. It ain't going to happen. So establish quantifiable, achievable goals that gives you that winning mindset. Win, win, win. What does that do? What is the number one attribute for top performers? There's one and one only, self-confidence. It's a proven fact. This builds your self-confidence. That's also building your warrior mindset, right? Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. And, and especially sure. when we're drawing that contrast in the in you know the beginning about what people don't get. Like you covered a lot of really great stuff there. Things like it's a lifestyle, it's not a bumper sticker, it's not a t-shirt, it's you know, it's and it and it's something, it's setting small goals. Cause I think you're right. I think there people see a lot of like influencers or somebody on on YouTube who can do something really kind of cool and Gucci with the, with their pistol and you want to go straight to that. But very few people can really help come down and meet people where they're at and help them take each one of those steps up rather than just setting the bar. People just trying to keep jumping up and leaping over that bar. Right. You're right. I mean, it's like it's it's little steps are going to keep you on the track, give you the momentum of success along the way. That's awesome. You know, exactly. Joe, in your book, you 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 draw a lot of contrast between the factors that make up the difference between victor and victim when it comes to the warrior mindset. And one of those factors that you talk about is avoiding a negative mental state. So what do you mean by yeah. that? And how does this affect somebody's mindset relating to their ability to face adversity? Right. So I um I kind of relate that to trying to roller skate uphill, right? Um think about it. If you're if you're doing all of these things, this holistic approach to building this warrior mindset, and you're doing all the right things. 
that you have that one thing or one person in your life. And I'll give you a very good example about this. Um, I call them emotional vampires. Um, they just want to suck the life out of you. They're negative nannies. The glass is always half empty. Um, you know, if, if they, uh, found a million dollars in a briefcase, they'd complain that the briefcase didn't work, you know, those kind of people. Right. Mm. So, and we all have these people in our lives. Uh, I, I almost guarantee you every single person that's listening right now goes, Oh, that's so-and-so I highly encourage you to think about this. Um, there's basically three things you can do. You can keep doing what you're doing with this person and let them influence your life in a bad way. You can talk to them and say, Hey, look, Jeff, you know, um, you're my friend, but unfortunately every time we talk, it's negative, 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 negative. And you're, you're in my head all day. And, you know, can we like, I don't mind if you talk negative for a while, but let's end on a positive note. Right. Or you can just do this and you cut them out of your life. And I'll give you a quick example. Um, had a friend of mine I grew up with. Uh, I knew the guy since fifth grade. So quite a long time, um, over 40 years. And uh, he was a, a, one of my best friends. As he got older, um, I don't know what happened to him, but he just became very negative. Um, and every time I talked to him, it was from the minute I got on the phone with this guy to the minute I got off, it was negative, 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 negative. And I told him, I said, bro, let's, you know, cause you know, I get off the phone. Maybe I go to the gym or go here and you know, he's in your head, right there. They, these people get in your head and it's just there. That's not what you want because they're trying to put positive energy out there. Right. So I just, one day I just had, and I said, look, bro. You there, Jeff? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it, I think it kicked out there for a second. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. So, so, um, so I told him, I said, look, man, I love you like a brother. Um, but this negativity stuff has to stop. You are affecting my life. Um, and you know, again, I don't mind if you vent on me, vent on me all you want, but get it off your back and let's talk about positive stuff. And I told him, I said, if you don't, our relationship is over. And um, I talked to him a couple, we used to talk, you know, three, four days a week. Um, and he just couldn't stop himself. And I told him, I said, if you thought I was joking, I wasn't. And I haven't spoken to him since. Hmm. Now, I know there's a lot of people listening right now like, wow, that's what a bastard. Well, you have choices to make in your life. I made my choice. I explained it to him. I told him what I needed from him and he couldn't do it. And I can tell you getting those emotional vampires out of your life will assist you in moving forward in performance and whether it's job or relationships or whatever. And again, what is that doing? That's building that warrior mindset because you don't have this negative BS in your ear all day. Now, this is where it can be challenging, Jeff. Wonder if it's, you know, a family member. <laughs> right now, what do you do? So, you know, this, this can get really complex really quick, but I'm here. I'm just here to tell you these, these emotional vampires are a massive detriment to building a warrior mindset, because what you're trying to do is positive, And you've got this individual or individuals just like, you know, raining on your parade, man, like literally the proverbial wet blanket. And, you know, it's your choice on what you want to do with it, man.
And it was tough, man. It, it, I almost wanted to call him back a few times. I'm like, don't do it. Um, because it, it really affected me, you know, and now I can tell you, you know, even you go to bed, right? Maybe you've got that person and you've argued with them. Now you take that to bed, you wake up with it. It's just a terrible, terrible, you know, um, you know, circle, just bad, bad. So if you can get that out of your life as much as you can, that will help you tremendously on remaining focused on, you know, crafting and building and, and enhancing your, your warrior mindset. Yeah, that's what I mean by like your your holistic view of this. And I could probably spend an hour on this topic alone. I um I mean, I inevitably every now and then it, it kind of pops out into into our podcast and our live streams and everything. But like I just got um I just went through a an 18 well, a divorce after 18 years with the person that you just described. Very negative. It was a lot of negativity and things like that. And it was a, it wasn't a good divorce. It started off amicable and then it's, you know, all of a sudden it just devolved into as they sometimes do. Right. But it was so bad that I, at the very, at the very last day, I said, I'm, I'm like completely done. You're blocked. No emails, no text messages, nothing like this. Our son's already grown up. So we don't have to worry about it. And I'll tell you, man, it was I made a decision that day that I was not going to let negativity in my life anymore. I dealt with 18 years of it. I'm a very positive person. I'm always looking to, I'm going to take the hill one way or another. And it took a while to really understand just how much of myself, like capital S, had been slowly chipped away. And when I talk to people, it's like, it's kind of like when you have a puppy and, you know, you're raising this puppy and somebody comes over like, a couple months later, it's like, wow, he's grown so much. And you're looking at it like, right. really? I didn't really notice didn't see it. That. Yeah, right, right. It happens so slowly. That negativity right. just, you're like, it's a vampire. It's right. It just kind of drains you little by little right. until you lose yourself. And right. once I made that decision and have applied that to other areas of my life, man, like I'm I'm loving oh. my 50s. Man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Everything. It's night and day, man. And look, it was affecting me physically. Like, yep. you know, like I would feel my heart racing talking to this guy. So I'm like, God, that's just so bad. Like, it just, you know, you don't want that in your life. And, um, it, it just, it, it's a hard decision. You know, it's you, you, this again, what the warriors do, they make the tough decisions, right? Painful mm-hmm. cutting a friend away that, you know, I don't have that many friends, like long-term friends cutting a guy away that I've known for that long, knew his family, his brother, his sister, his mom, his dad, I mean, everything. And just to go like that, it's painful, mm-hmm. but I knew it was the right thing to do for my life, you know? Um, and warriors have to make tough decisions. It, that is part of mental toughness, right? Did I shed a few tears? Absolutely. I'm man enough to admit it. You know, I shed more than a few tears about it, but it had, a, it had to happen. It was just, it was just too much for me. Yeah. And um, now I was just going to say, it's, it's really interesting. Like, like our, like the way we, we in a, like in a bumper sticker really kind of describe who we're, who we're trying to really kind of raise up as an everyday warrior is the self-made self-reliant and self-protected. And I never really, I never really looked at self-protected in that way. I've always looked at it as like self-protection means like the cops aren't going to be there in the, in the parking lot when you're getting robbed. Like it's you, you're going to be there in, in your home defending against the home invader. Like I've always looked at it as you need to protect yourself, but like, this is a whole other aspect of self-protection 
is protecting yourself because it really is you. Like if you're going to be the leader, if you're going to be the one who's going to lead your family through crisis, no matter what it is, an attack, a disaster, anything, if you're not right, how are you going to bring your best game to to take in all the skills that you've learned, all the education, all the knowledge and putting it into practice when it's life or death, you know? Yeah. That's that's the deal. You know, I saw a guy the other day, he had a shirt on. It says, raise lions, not sheeps. And I thought, there it is right there. I mean, you know, um, raising children, you know, that's a whole nother, you know, you said you're, 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 your child's obviously um, grown up, but like young, young kids, you know, this needs yeah. to be instilled in them in a very, very young age. We live in a rogue and feral world. I mean. For those of you that don't think we do, I don't know where you live or what bubble you're living in, but, you know, you need to take your head out of the sand, you know, um, and those that have this mindset. And look, and guys, this isn't like an aggressive, everything's like, you know, Jeff, a warrior mindset's all about bang, bang, punch. But that's not it. That That's not what it's about. Um, and so get that out of your mind right now. It's not about aggression and aggressiveness. That's kind of part of it, but not what people think it is. You know, they're, they get that stereotypical, oh, it's some spec ops dude, knuckle dragger going to kill a bunch of bad guys. And, and that's, that's not what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but kids these days, good Lord, you know, um, they're going to have their hands full in 10 years. Yeah. You know, if you've got a kid who's nine, 10 years old and they're going to be graduating in, you know, 10 years or maybe in college, you've got to raise these kids to be, you know, lions not cheap yeah you know? and there's nothing yeah, wrong with man. that right. there there's nothing wrong with that humble quiet professional but a lion you know don't mess with my family don't mess with me um and and just aware of what's going on in the world you know just it's just and it's only gonna get i mean i hate to say it i don't see it getting better anytime soon hopefully it will but um you know it's those that um are prepared that's another big word you know preparedness you know we can go down a rabbit hole with that but um, just being prepared. If we had a cataclysmic situation where the power grid went out or something, are you prepared to survive? Is that part of the warrior mindset? Absolutely. You're already thinking ahead. If we lose power, you know, I got two solar generators, a propane generator, a gas generator. You know, I've got food. I'm ready to go. Let it happen. Um, and I sleep better at night too, you know, but that's all part of, you were saying that holistic, like in my book, it's not just one thing. It's, you know, connect the dots. You know, that's, that's what the true warrior mindset is. It's uh, it's, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, kind of on that same note, I wanted to, I wanted to talk with you about, um, I, I think it's really interesting that in your book, you talk about unmanaged anxiety. Now, obviously there's a lot of anxiety out on the battlefield and that can affect life or death performance out there. But where do you find the most crossover with like real life for those who may not see the connection to how anxiety can affect their survivability in a crisis? Yeah. So, man, what is that saying? Stress kills. Right. Um, you know, I've, I've had my blood pressure way up and checked, you know, in, at a level where uh, I probably should have been in the hospital. But um, this is where what we just spoke about comes into play unmanaged anxieties. These are things and things are people in your life that, you know, if, if you can manage it, great, get rid of it. But if you can't manage it, um, you've got to minimalize it somehow. And so how do I do it? Well, some people are going to think this. I go to the gym, 
right? So I, I maintain myself in a, I'd like to say, uh, a high state of physical condition. I work out five days a week. I swim twice a week, run twice a week. Um, that helps reduce anxiety in my life um, to a manageable point. And I'm not saying that's going to work for everyone, but let me tell you what I find very sad. And I'm going to put this out there is I know a lot of guys with my background, they resort to drinking. They resort to, you know, self-medicating. Um, and that gets into abuse. Right. And I, I think that's not the way to go. Um, but um, managing stress, anxiety, um, it's tough, man. Look, life in general is tough, whether you own a business or not, family, friends, work, whatever. Um, but I really believe if you take the time to get rid of those negative vampires and those negative aspects of your life, I think you would reduce it from a, from a 10 easily to a 5. Easily. If you just take control of what you're doing and not just sit there day after day after day going, it'll go away. It'll fix itself. It'll go away. It's going to think it ain't going to go away. It's not going to fix itself. Right. And again, that's that warrior mentality. You got to take the bull by the horns and say, I'm making a decision, period. End of story. I'm done. You know, um, and um, it's tough, but um, necessary, you know. Got, you know, one thing I'll tell you, man, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid fifties, actually in my latter fifties. And, uh, you know, my health is the most important thing in my life right now and my mental state and my physical state. And the older I get, it's becoming more and more important. So as I've gotten older, I'm actually more critical now than I was five years ago because you start looking at your own mortality, right? I've lost a lot of friends. You know, over the past 10 years, um, guys are in better shape than me and drop dead out of the out of the shower and, you know, of, of a heart attack. So, you know, unmanaged anxieties, who knows what killed some of these people. But, you know, two of the guys died from heart attacks um, and they were in very good shape. So, yeah, just taking control of what you can control. Look, we can't control everything, Jeff. Obviously, we can't It'd be great. But what you can control, if you actually start doing it that's going to re reduce the anxiety in your life substantially where you actually feel it. Like tell my friend to, Hey, I'm done with you. You know, cause that was anxiety. That was, I get off the phone with that guy. I was like, Oh, I, I you know, just, it was just like, this mm. took me to a whole different mental state. And um, when I finally got rid of it, it was literally like taking that monkey off your back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I love that because it does give you, I mean, the whole point there was like, how do you manage, or like, how do you deal with unmanaged anxiety? So unmanaged, I mean, unmanaged anxiety is what creates anxiety, right? Because if you feel empowered, if you feel in control of something, or like you can make, you can make progress on something, or you can make the right decisions, that's what tampers change. down anxiety, right? Exactly. But, yeah. Like you said, I mean, you have like you're in control. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't feel like you're in control of your life, and I've been there several times where like, you know, you're at the edge of the pit looking out going, Oh man, this isn't good. That's a scary, scary feeling. And I've been there a few times, but when you control your life and, and make these decisions and staying physically fit and mentally fit and eating right and sleeping right, like it, it, and I talk about it in my book, it, there's a lot to this, you know, 
Um, if you're not eating right and sleeping right, that's just, I mean, you're, you're already hamstringing yourself right from the get go. Um, so there's a million little data points on this, but the biggest thing is it's a lifestyle. Mm. You're either going to do it or you're not. And no one's going to hold your freaking hand to do it. You've got to do it yourself. And this is what separates the rock stars from the groupies. Yeah, I love this. We 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 talk about. I mean, most everybody in in our audience knows. We have a, we have a nonprofit. And we do. A, I just came back this weekend from a, a warrior retreat where we deal. We help um, veterans with PTS. Um, right. Like we eliminate it. Like it's done in one two hour session. And we also give them other tools while they're there because uh, we do a session. Uh, my girlfriend Melissa and I do. She's a holistic nutritionist and. We talk with people about how diet affects your brain, your ability 100%. to deal with stress and everything else. Yes, and most people are just loading up on sugar and calories. And, you know, it's just they don't real. most people don't realize how they're working against themselves when it comes to no sleep and and diet, not exercising. They forget those things. It, it wears away pretty quickly. That's um. I'm glad you brought all that stuff up. It's, it's awesome. It's not true. It's like a Jeff. It's like a survival situation. Everybody thinks like when you get caught in a survival situation, it's that one big faux pas, you know, that you make one big mistake and now you're in a survival situation. That ain't how it works. It's you made this little mistake and this little mistake. Oh, and I didn't bring my rain gear. Oh, and I didn't check the weather report. Oh, and I was on the trail too long and it got dark and now I can't find my way back to my car. Now it's raining. Now I got hypothermia. It's all the little connected. It's not the big, oh, shit, I just stepped off a cliff. It's all these things that you just said that just connect the dots that makes Man, the that, whole picture. That is so true. <laughs> all right? like A lot of stories about people like dying. Out of, that's exactly how it happened, too. It's just a series of like little things that you little, wouldn't think would make a difference. Yeah, yeah. that's right. It's It's not the big one. It's. I forgot. Oops. I didn't tell people where I was going. That, 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 that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's the same with this. Hey, Joe, I know that, um, as I want to, we're going to get a little tactical here. So, uh, situational awareness is something I know a lot of people talk about in the, in, you know, in a tactical space and, and people are often told that they need to constantly have their head on a swivel. Like there's going to be ninjas popping out of bushes to assassinate them all the time and <laughs> obviously the other end of the spectrum just makes you an easier target for there are predators out there right there are people that are sure. looking for an easy mark and i and i get that um you've operated in areas and situations where hypervigilance is a must just be able to stay alive right like you've done some serious like some serious stuff that people probably can't even imagine what it's like there and that hypervigilance helps you in those types of areas but it's also mentally exhausting i know so what have you learned along the way and and what do you teach like in your tactical courses as a real world way to be situationally aware, but without being paranoid? Excellent, excellent point. So first off, again, it's a lifestyle. You can't be situationally aware on Monday, walk around Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with your phone like this, and then Friday you're looking around. Uh, it doesn't work that way. And one thing I will tell you, it will become a habit. Uh, after a certain amount of time being situationally aware, like when I walk out of a grocery store at night, I don't even have to think about looking around. I'm already scanning the parking lot. I'm not even thinking about it. Right. But, um, what I would tell you is there's basically, um, a, a very 
I've heard of the color code of awareness. Okay. So the color code of awareness is white, yellow, orange, red, and black. Everybody thinks it's just white, yellow, orange, and red. There's black. Okay. And where I came from, they explained this to us. So condition white is literally walking around oblivious to what's going on. This person, right? This is the condition white person walking across the street like this. Condition yellow is what's called a relaxed state of alertness. This is where you should be 24-7, except when you're sleeping. It's not paranoia because paranoia will drain you physically and emotionally. But if you're in condition yellow, it's a relaxed state of alertness. What does that mean? So you walk into a restaurant. and If you and I walked into a restaurant and we sat down and I said, Jeff, is there anybody sitting behind you? Yeah. There, I think there's like, okay, you, at least, you know, there's somebody sitting behind you, you know, where the exit's at, you can do this in, in condition yellow. You can do, um, perpetually without any mental or physical stress. It's when you take it to the next level is when it becomes a problem. So you go white, yellow, then orange, orange means a perceived threat. So we're in a restaurant, we're sitting there and I look over and it's summertime and there's some dude sitting over there in a long trench coat. He's sweating. He's got Charles Manson eyes. That's a perceived threat to me, right? Does that mean he's going to do anything? Maybe, maybe not. But in condition orange, you actually come up with a course of action. Like if that guy stands up and pulls out a gun, I'm running out the door or I'm going to pull my pistol and shoot. But you only come up with one, one course of action. And the reason is... Because if you say, well, if he stands up and starts shooting, I'm going to either run out the door or pull my gun or do this. When it actually crap hits the fan, your brain is going to short circuit and go, should I stay? Should I go? Should I? You don't have time for that. So if that guy stands up and leaves, then you drop right back to condition yellow, which is that relaxed state of alertness. You can't sit in orange perpetually. And that's what happens to people. Is there, That's like the paranoid state. But if that guy stands up and pulls out a gun, whatever my course of action was, it's instantaneous execution. I don't have to think about it. I'm running right out the door. Um, and then condition black is when somebody's in condition white, right? They're doing this. They're not paying attention. All of a sudden, the boogeyman shows up. They go right past yellow, orange, and red, and they go right to condition black, which is everybody has heard of fight or flight. There's an 80% chance you're not going to do either one of those two. You're going to freeze. You're not going to do anything because they're going to get a massive adrenaline dump. You have no plan, and you're literally going to be the deer in a headlight. So um, for those of you that are listening, go online and Google um, the color code of awareness. Um, uh, Jeff Cooper uh, came up with it, uh, You know, the father of modern-day pistol craft. Years ago, it's genius, and it, you can you can read all about it. But to answer your question, if you stay in condition yellow, which is just a relaxed state of alertness, you're walking around, you you know you're looking in the parking lot, you notice a person here, but you're not paranoid. When I first got to Iraq, I was in condition yellow perpetually. I was so shit scared because we were in the worst part. We we're in the Karada district, district, and there was every night there was gunshots and stuff going off. Um, I was in condition orange perpetually and I was not having a, a, a good time sleeping and I could see the effects that that was having. And when I started like, all right, you don't need to be this way the whole time. And I geared down a little bit. It was fine. But, um, but I highly encourage people listening, Google the color code of awareness. 
and it will explain you in detail kind of what I just told you. But you can stay in condition yellow perpetually and with no physical or mental stress whatsoever. It's when you take it to the next level where you're doing that. Now you got problems. Yeah. 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 Good points. Good points. Yeah. Um, Joe, we've talked about how physical fitness actually does play a role in you being able to be prepared to be to be self-reliant, to be self-protected and everything. You're obviously in, in great physical condition. It's good to hear you're in your, uh, you're in your fifties also. And, and if I don't work out, like my back will go out. If I don't work out, my stress levels will get too high. So, I mean, it's great that you're, you're, you're sharing that as part of like the warrior mindset is to do things like that, to be able to support yourself. And you do share how important that factor is in your book also. So how does physical condition affect a warrior mindset specifically? And what can the everyday Joe and Jane do to really maximize their physical program to benefit their mental strength and resilience because we do have a lot of people who are in their their 60s, their 70s, their 80s even and um you know they still want to I mean they still have to be prepared, they still have to be protected, they still have to do all these things but a lot of people might think well I can't or I have mobility problems or whatever. So how kind of explain you know dig into that a little bit more about how somebody can use their physical program to benefit their mental strength and resilience. Sure. So um, what I said a little while back, what is the number one characteristic of a top performing, top performing person is self-confidence. When you are physically fit, you feel good, you look good, that gives you confidence, right? That's adding to that warrior mindset, right? I, I know if I had to right now, I can swim three miles if I had to. Um, I swim about 8,000 meters a week. Um, but Not like you're saying, not everybody can do that. I've been very, very lucky. I have the time to do it and the desire, right? This is that discipline thing. You know, um, you have to cast it on lifestyle. You know, I understand as you get older, some people may have injuries, knee injuries, back injuries. I've had them all. Arm, matter of fact, I've I've got an injury in my elbow. It's constantly um, coming back to haunt me. Neck injuries. but that doesn't mean you can't work out. That That's an excuse. That's what a person that wants to use an excuse not to work out. And how does that saying go? Excuses sound best to the person that's saying them, right? Um, I'm not saying you got to be training for a triathlon or to run a Spartan race, but do something. I don't care if you go for a walk before dinner or after dinner, just down your road a mile and back. Do something. Don't eat and go sit on your couch and watch TV for the rest of the night. It's a choice. It's a choice. Plain and simple. You can either sit on the couch and watch TV or you can go out and take a little walk. There's nothing wrong with that. I actually go for a walk twice a week in the morning, early, early in the morning before the sun comes out. And I do just some meditating on walking and just clear my head. I don't walk far. I literally walk to the end of the road and back. It's a quarter of a mile, but it's just the stars are out. It's just, it puts my head in a good headspace. but there's no reason unless you are disabled, why you can't be doing something. Uh, you know, you can get bands and do band training at home. You can get, you know, like kettlebells, anything. If you don't want to do- join a gym, but do something because Stat, I think physical stagnation, all that does is make you even feel older. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
I think this physical stagnation just makes a person feel bad. And I, I, I think it's so important to know it. Look, if something really bit bad did happen in this country and you had to do things more physical than you were doing the day before, you're screwed if you're not in good shape. You, you, you can't catch up fast enough. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Everybody talks about my bug out bag, you know, bug out, I'll, I'll bug out from my, you know, from my work to my house. Well, if you can't walk from your house to your, to your mailbox <laughs> without getting winded, how do you think you're going to walk 30 miles? From, it ain't going to happen. You know, don't, uh, don't fool yourself. Um, but I think again, you know, Jeff, it all goes back. It's a choice. It's a lifestyle. You're either going to choose to do it or you're not. And I know that's a really kind of a crappy thing to say, but that's the facts of life. You know, I have a, a very dear friend of mine right now. Uh, he was in the Navy and uh, he's getting older and 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 he, he's feeling depressed. I said, dude, get to the gym. Go to the gym. Just go to the gym three days a week. You know, you, you can join Planet Fitness for $10. I mean, don't say you don't have the money. Um, and, uh, you know, I told him that three months ago. And he still hasn't done it. Mm-hmm. And he has no excuse. He works a nine to five job. He comes home and he's on the rest of the night. It's a choice. You know, do you want to be a good role model for your family? Do you want to be able to play with your kids, go outside? I mean, this all has to do, excuse me, with physical fitness. You know, do you want to look good for your spouse? Of course you do. You don't want to look like 200 pounds of chew bubble gum. I don't. Um, so again, these are, these, that's discipline. That's a bad, you know, that, that's the, the, the discipline words, a tough word with a lot of people, you know, um, they just don't get what it really means to be disciplined. You know, uh, here, here's another real quick example of like just the warrior mindset and just mental toughness. Let's say you wake up at six, six o'clock in the morning, every morning for work, set your alarm for five 45. Wake up 15 minutes earlier, get up, drink some water because you're already dehydrated. Don't drink coffee, drink water because you've been dehydrating for the last eight hours and your organs need water. And maybe just do 10 minutes of just meditating and positive affirmations and positive thinking. I'm going to have a great day today. I'm going to get a lot done. I'm going to, you know, positive, positive, positive. Setting your mind the right from the minute you get up. That's a warrior mindset is that that's not a physical thing, but it's a mental thing. But you can say to yourself, I'm going to the gym as soon as I get home from work. I'm going to have a great workout. I'm going to crush it. Um, you know, one other thing I want to say, um, and I, I wish I had my gym bag right here, but I don't. But um, I lost a friend of mine uh, about six years ago in a helicopter crash. And um, I was the third person on the crash site and it killed everybody. Um and he was a very, very, very close friend. And um, every morning at 6 a.m., he would call me, except Sundays, because he went to church. And he's like, hey, Skippy, get up, go to the gym. And, you know, of course, I'm just crawling out of bed. And he's already at the gym. Well, again, Mike was killed in a helicopter accident. And it, it, it's even hard for me to talk about him now. But what I have done is I have weaponized this guy's memory. I've got an 8 by 10 picture of him laminated. It's in my book. And I dedicated my book to him. And when I go to the gym, I take out an eight by 10 lamb every day and I set it on my gym bag and I see his face. That is my why. Right? 
if you can find out what your why is, whether it's your kids, your wife, your mom, your dad, whatever it is, and you can weaponize that to motivate you to do, you become a very dangerous person. You become a very, you will do things that other people wish they could do and they can't. Because mm -hmm. what, what's that? The one percenters do 99% where the other ones can't do, right? So I, um, I have Mike's picture there. Uh, and I think I have a picture of my book of my gym bag sitting on the ground. And I've had more than a few people walk up and you say, who is, who, is that your brother? I'm like, well, about as close as, yeah. And it was a picture of Mike in his uniform. He was a um, former Ranger SF and he was over in Delta. And, um, but I learned how to take a tragedy where the very thought of it would make me cry and turn it into a really positive thing. Is that a warrior mindset? Oh, hell yeah, it is. You know, I love, uh, I love that, man. That that's, yeah. that's freaking, that's gold right there. I actually, it's funny. I was, I was kind of giggling while you were saying it because um, my first Sergeant ever, uh, when I, when I got out of basic, when I was in 10th mountain division and got there and uh, my first Sergeant ever was just hard, hardcore. And it was like, he raised me as a private, you know, and I have his picture um, to this day, a picture of go. him right up on my wall. And like, anytime I feel like sloughing off or, you know, it's like, oh, I'm just going to like, I look at that and I see that, that sneer on his face and I just, nope, nope. Sergeant Brown wouldn't let me. And that's why he's on my wall. Yeah. It hits a trigger. It triggers yeah. you emotionally. And that's one thing I want to tell people, whatever this person, it, it can't. And I talk about this in my coaching sessions. It can't be a song. It's got to be a person that emotionally um, rocks you internally. That the very thought of it will, you'll cry. Like mm -hmm. it needs to be that deep. It can't be on the surface. It's got to be very, very internal. If you can figure out what that is and learn how to use it, guys and ladies, uh, I'm here to tell you. Um, it, I. I can tell you from personal experience what it has done for me. When I go to the gym, I and I know this sounds kind of morbid, but it works for me. I literally go to the gym and I'm saying to myself, you will not survive driving home. So when I go to the gym, I work out like this is your last chance to work out. And I crush my workouts, every single one of them. I'm not trying to brag, but I do. Um, because of Mike, I don't think I could do it to be quite honest with you to the level that I do it without his photo looking at me when I go back to get a drink of water, because I leave my water right near my gym bag on purpose. I don't carry it around with me. So I have to go back and I see him look, I mean, it, it's an instant connection, uh, an emotional and psychological connection that's very powerful, very, very powerful. Yeah, there's there's a couple of things uh, with that I think are are really important here. I love that you're talking about this. This is amazing. Um, you know, one is that it's always easy to let ourselves down. You know, you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to you're trying to diet or whatever. It's like, oh, this diet didn't work, or oh, you know what? It's not so important. I'm not too worried about. It. I'm going to eat this chocolate cake. It's easy to let ourselves down. It's a lot harder to let somebody else down. If you make yourself accountable to to right. someone else, somebody at work a family member telling them your goal. I want to lose this much weight and this much time, something realistic. If you have somebody that you know is going to be watching and seeing what you're doing, it makes it a lot, right. lot better to stay on here. And the other thing, I'll, the other thing I'll say is that 
this person doesn't have to be a positive a positive inspiration for you to use them as a trigger to be able to stay on track with stuff. It can right. be, you know, your father that always told you you'd never amount to anything or your there ex-wife, you, you know, That's things right. like that. No. Like, yeah. And Jeff, you're absolutely right. You know, I, um, when I was get when I was in high school, I was not an athlete. I was afraid of heights, water. I weighed 99 pounds, just a mess, just a mess. And Everybody in my family, uh, except for my mom, who passed away when I was in high school, was like, don't even think about going to Marines. You're never going to even make it through boot camp. You're going to embarrass the family. Well, let me tell you something. When I was going through boot camp at Amphibious Reconnaissance School, when I, I was hearing this, and it pissed me off. And you know what? Pissed off is okay if it accomplishes the mission. And, and you're absolutely right. That's a very, very good point. It doesn't have to be positive. It could be people that... In your life, said you're never going to be nothing. You're never going to have any money. You're never okay. You know, if you learn to weaponize that, um, it will it will make you do things that you normally wouldn't do. Mm. You know, just because. Yeah, I love it, man. That's awesome. You know, yeah, and, and I I like how you um, you know, in your book and everything, you also you relate a lot of your military and combat experience to facing a real life crisis off the battlefield, and. You know, there's a lot of preparation that goes into an organized combat mission. So what takeaways can the everyday warrior who's not a spec op soldier, you know, what can they learn from your work in order to better prepare for a disaster, an attack or, or some other crisis out there? Um, boy, there's a lot. First thing, obviously being prepared. If you get caught with your pants down right now, if the, if the power got shut down, do you have a way to, to illuminate your home? Do you have candles? Do you have food? Just being prepared. That's a biggie. Um, more than more than anything. Um, I also think you need to be a very unconventional thinker. Um, if you can if you can apply uh unconventional solutions to conventional problems, and that's one of the biggest traits of most spec ops guys, is they're very good thinkers and planners. Um, if you can do that. And, and again, is that a learned skill, Jeff? Absolutely. It's a learned skill. This is where reading and being around other top performing people pay off, you know, being, being around those kind of people make you better. Um, I think another thing is being able to shift gears in a second, in a moment's notice, you know, um, having, you know, a, a primary and alternate contingency and emergency plan, you know, not like we got a plan. Well, that didn't work. Now what? <laughs> you don't have time to sit around and come up with an all. You better have it in the box on the shelf. Here it is right here. Um, but uh, again, it um, people, you know what? I think a lot of people have the, it's not going to happen to me attitude. I don't, I don't need, why do I need all this? I, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not going to do this stuff here. Well, all right, my question to those people are, are you willing to bet your family's life on it? If you are, okay, that's a choice and a decision you'll have to live with if the crap ever did hit the fan. And chances are you're not going to survive it very well, if at all. It'll be somebody like yourself or me saving your butt, giving you water or something. You know what I mean? Like, um, but I think the whole the whole thing is just mentally be mentally prepared, physically prepared, emotionally prepared um, in any way you possibly can. And that, again, 
bro, those are a lot of connected dots. That's a whole nother, but just like when I go to bed at night, I know if something goes wrong while I'm sleeping, we're going to be okay. We're, I've got the knowledge, you know, I've got the assets and the food. Um, then I'm going to, because I've been planning, you know, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. I think another thing too, is I'm going to put this out there. And I say this in my coaching sessions is that become a, like Sun Tzu, he said, be a student of war. Okay. Um, I'm not saying that in a literal sense, like we're going to go to war, but you should be in a constant learning mode. I can't stand the word expert. If somebody calls me an expert, I'm like, ah, stop. <laughs> I'm not an expert. I wish I knew half of what I really wanted to know, right? I know a little bit about a few things, but you should be in a constant learning. Like I love to read. I love watching videos. You know, I I, I like anything that's going to give me another little gold nugget in my tactical toolbox. Because if you're that person that's listening right now, and the only thing you have in your tactical toolbox is a hammer, the whole freaking world looks like a nail. You have no choices or no options at all, right? So you need to craft and continue to um, learn about, you know, our world, the way we're living right now. I mean, things can go really bad. Like, there's there's a lot going on right now. Uh, and it, again, it's in your Intel report, and you've been reading them. Uh, very easy to read, but just little snippets. Like, do people even know about the Russian Poseidon torpedo? Like, do you even know what that is? Uh, really? Oh, you don't. Well, the Russians have a nuclear torpedo that they literally can shoot into um, <laughs> a coastline, detonate it, and basically wash out the whole coastline with a tidal wave. Like some people right now are probably going, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, those are the kind of things you should be constantly learning and reading and as sharp, you know, like you're a sword, you know, it, it dulls. You know, these are perishable skills, shooting, whatever, working out perishable. If you don't maintain them, you're going to lose it, you know? Um, so um, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent on you, but that's that kind of like was my train of thought. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I think it all. See, I, this is the reason why I really want to talk with you about this and, and why I love that. One, you place the importance on it when you're doing your training and you're doing your coaching. And then also in your book, like I said, you take a very holistic view of it. And I and one of the things that I think as people really understand not just what to learn, but like how to learn, it becomes more it becomes more prominent because what you're doing is you're giving context to a lot of things. If you don't have a reason why, like how many people remember the Pythagorean theorem theorem or you know, right. whatever, like the whatever times pi, whatever. Like I have no idea. I crammed for it. I, cause when right. am I ever going to use this? Right now there are people right. that use it. They know it. It's not something I'm going to use, but a lot of people want to like learn the, the really cool tactical drawing the pistol, spinning it around, do a somersault monkey kick and shoot at the same time. And right. but without understanding the context of, is this practical? Is this something I'll really use? Should I spend my time doing this? We only have, we're all limited on time. So like, what should I be putting my emphasis on? Should I just buy the next cool gizmo that I see, you know, flash across my email from somebody that ran an ad on a tactical newsletter or something like I that? I just you know, had this like conversation with a guy at my class. He showed up with a battle belt on, you know, knives and kit. I'm like, sir, let me ask you a question. Do you wear that out in public? No. Then why are you training with it? 
train the way you're going to fight. I said, no, if you wear that out in public, great. But if you don't, why are you? And it's that whole tactical, look at me. Uh, and, you know, I'm out there with, you know, my concealment holster in one magazine. Because guess what? That's why I carry my, you know, my stuff. Um, I'm not wearing a battle belt. So, um, exactly. And, and that, that, again, that plays right into the whole warrior mindset. Like, do you know how to train for the fight? Are you training the right way? Are you doing what I call training scars, right? Are you doing things that are making terrible habits that will get you killed? There's a perfect one. I was watching a video the other day. Sadly, the guy was a, was a former spec ops dude, and he was talking about, you know, coming into a room and, and using the door frame as cover. There is no cover in your house. A 22 will go right through eight sheets of drywall. But yet he was telling people, you know, use the door frame as cover. It's not cover. It's concealment. It's hiding you. I can shoot. right. But these are the things that, you know, I can go on and on and on about it, that you just, if you want to be that, you know, the whole warrior mindset and being the sheepdog, there is so much to learn. Like I just said, I wish I knew half of what I really wanted to know, but I'm smart enough to train and associate with guys that are way past my skill level with way more experience. And that's who you should be training with and talking to not people that are here or here. These are the people I want to train with. Like if I want to play, learn how to play basketball, I want to hire Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? That's a guy I want to, I want to train with. So for those listening, you know, if there is a skill you want to learn, you know, shooting, whatever, you know, obviously the pocketbook, you know, where you can afford, but you need to hire the best person with the best experience that you possibly can, not some hobbyist, you know, uh, that's on YouTube that, you know, shoots a thousand miles an hour, uh, and they're, and they're, and they look great and they got all the kit on, but never been in a gunfight, but you're trying to learn how to use a weapon to protect your family. Why you train with it? They don't even understand the complexities of combat marksmanship or the adrenaline dump and, you know, stress shock phenomena and all that. They have no clue. So, um, again, I'm sorry. I'm kind of, no, you know, <laughs> you're me in a little bit, bro. Dude, you're spot on. I mean, you get my, you get my blood going too, but it's like, and here's the thing is like, I think we're in another, I think we're in a, in a really good phase where people are starting to, un, like it's, I think it's like the next level because, I don't want people to think like, and I, and I know you don't mean it this way. Cause I know like that guy that came to your class, right. You had a, you had an honest conversation with him, but the mindset is very, very, it's, it's really impregnated out there about this, this sense of conflict, like confidence comes in your gear. It's we call it, you know, the Gucci gear. You got all the cool stuff, all the cool toys and people love to show up at tactical classes. They've shown up at ours and it's like, they look like they're ready to, you know, take the hill. But it's not stuff that they're actually going to use. And so I think it's I think the real warrior is able to look at it. And instead of pushing stuff off in order to just kind of stroke their ego and it's like, no, 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 you're OK with all the, the cool camouflage and everything. I think the real warrior who really wants to be prepared, who really wants to be self-protected, will look at something and ask that exact question that you just asked, like, will I use this? Is this important or did I? Did I fall for another sales letter or something like that? But another mousetrap. Another mousetrap. Another mousetrap. <laughs> or is this something that I really need? And it's, I think that's a true ability for you to be able to look at yourself honestly and say, you know what? 
I really kind of suck at this. Yeah, I'm, and I've and I've I've fallen on my own sword several times, like in our podcasts and our videos and everything about how when I was in the army, like M16, I didn't have a pistol with me. I wasn't a 60 gunner. I wasn't like I had, so I did not know how to use a pistol when I came out. And I practiced a lot. And then I went to the range where it wasn't the straight range. I had a an instructor had his own private range. I drew from the holster the very first time I'd ever really drawn a live gun from the holster. And I put that bullet three feet in front of me. It almost blew my damn toe off. And it was like, it didn't matter how much I dry fired. Like I didn't, I wasn't prepared for it, but I'm willing to say, like, I realized that I was going, I was training the wrong way. And so I go to find the person that can teach me to train the right way. Cause all I really care about is when it's the parking lot and somebody ambushes me and my family there, I want to draw that thing out. I don't want to take my front toe off. I I need to stop this bad guy because I'm the only one who's going to be there to protect him. And if that means I have to say, I suck at the handgun, like somebody show me how to shoot this damn thing. That's all I care about. That's all I care about. And I, and we, we have a big, like a really great community because I tell them it's not, you're not here for the Jeff Anderson show or all the experts we bring in. You know, I know you love the word expert, like all the trainers we, we bring in and everything like Let's learn from each other because there are people out there that are listening to this right now that are watching this on live stream or or on the podcast. And you know more about something than I don't. And I don't need to be the cool tactical dude out there. Like I just need to be better prepared for my own family's sake. And so I want to learn from people. Leave comments. Make sure it's experience-based, not just some cool tip that you grabbed off of a YouTube video from somebody who doesn't know their ass from the hole of the ground, right? Right. There's enough of those guys out there. but A lot. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, be able to question yourself for the right reasons. And that's, you know, that's why, uh, Joe, I really wanted to get you on on the show for this, because um, everything I mean, I just love everything you're saying. It really it really brings good context to the why people should take these honest looks to really look at themselves and develop that mindset, not just from here's how I go punch the daylights out of somebody. But it's it's so much it's so much bigger than that. Yeah. And you know what? Getting back to the whole premise of you know, the, the warrior mindset guys that I hold um, a reverence to that I used to work with who I considered like, wow, you know, if I could be half the guy that this dude is, I'm going to do good. They have one quality, actually several, um, but one was humility. They were extremely humble individuals. Um, and you can imagine with some spec ops individuals, there's big egos running around, no secret, right? But um, humility is one, and the other one is is they're constantly in the learning mode. They're not like, well, I was in this unit, and I've been to every school. I've done it all. Um, that attitude will get you killed. So for those of you that are listening, you know, there, there are plenty of guys out there um, that you can watch YouTube videos, and they're easy to pick out, you know, um, the way they talk, the way, uh, the way they um, just present themselves they're not arrogant cocky um and you'll see the way they're dressed especially when it comes to firearms training and stuff these guys are very easy to pick out those are the guys you should seek out if, if that's what you're wanting to do um like anything else like i said if the unit i was in they had a bottomless bank account um literally and so if they wanted me to learn how to drive a race car they would you know called up some NASCAR driver and said, Hey, how much are you going to charge us to teach this guy how to drive a car? You know, I was very fortunate because most people don't come from a community like that where money was no object, but I learned 
that that's how you get good. You don't train with people that are at your level. You need to train. Like I used to, I'm not an MMA guy. I know the basics, but I used to train with a guy that would probably could have been a UFC fighter. And this guy used to, he literally could grapple with me with one hand. And it was, and, and, and it was very embarrassing, but I knew if I can hang with this dude, unless you're bringing your A game, I'm probably going to be able to handle somebody else. So that, that's why it's so important to always kind of raise that bar. But like I said, don't go like this, just little, little bit, you know, just winning, 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 winning that, that develops that mindset and that confidence. And that's truly what makes the warrior mindset is that, you know what, um, if you and I get it on and I'm on my worst day and you bring your A game, I'm still going to win. Like, right. And that comes with confidence. Yeah. Cause the boogeyman, let's face it, dude, I'm not going to go to the range and shoot 400 pistol rounds. And then on the way home, get robbed. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work that way. It's going to be, I haven't been to the range in three months and now you got to, you know, performance on demand. Right. Uh, last year I, I got, uh, somebody tried to rob me twice last year. Uh, once at an ATM and one at a gas station. Um, and so you just never know when it's going to happen. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an intimidating guy. I'm not six foot seven and, you know, I don't have that look, but you know, these guys didn't know, uh, one, the one incident was one man and the other one was three. They didn't know who, what my background was. Right. And, um, you know, luckily everything turned out. Okay. no, the one guy I actually punched him and, and I actually broke his sternum, but, um, but you just never know. You, you just, you, you know, you can't say I live in a rich neighborhood or I'm this or that, you know, it, things can go bad, you know, bad things happen to good people all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Joe, I love it, man. This is, this has been, uh, I could go on for hours with this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, love I love it, man. It, yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> Um, awesome. listen, everybody, uh, this is, I mean, it, it's great. It's great reinforcement is uh, hopefully everybody here can, can watch or listen wherever, however you're grabbing this and, and really look, look in that mirror and realize that, you know, warrior mindset is not, is not just the t-shirt that you wear. It is, it really is so much more than that. Listen to this podcast like over and over again, a few more times, cause you're going to find there's so many gold nuggets I wrote down just in talking with, in talking with Joe here. So please go back, listen to this again. You're going to get a lot out of it. Please leave a comment because again, it's, we, we learn from each other. So I want to hear from you also, what do you think makes up a warrior mindset? What are the things that you've developed over time or you've, you've learned over time about the real true definition? Like what makes you better prepared? What makes you better protected? And how have you developed a, a program for yourself to be able to maintain that level of, of awareness of yourself and everything else around you. There's so much that goes into this. I'd love to hear what you have to say about it also. All right. So that's all we've got for uh, this show. Now, please go and check out Joe's uh, website at yourintelreport.com. I mean, this is, to me, this is a no brainer folks. Like I'm always looking for unbiased information about the threats that are out there. And I learned so much from this report. I've got a couple others also that I just try and take in as much information as I can to see. I don't want to look at just what's between me and my vehicle <laughs> before I get into it. Like I'm looking ahead. What are the things that me and my family need to do right now to be able to be prepared for things? I can tell you that 99% of the people out there 
are not preparing at all. And even with the information that they that we know is out there. So for you to get an unbiased look at what are the threats that are on the horizon? What are some of the things without the tinfoil hat, without the politics, without the the hoorah, you know, I'm a I'm a you know, it's all and you need to be a special operations uh, dude to be able to do it. This is real world stuff, real world stuff. And you need to stay in the know. So your Intel Go check it out. And until our next broadcast this is Jeff Anderson saying live like a warrior. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.